Wow, Justin, what's up? What's up, man? You you moved to Oregon, right? Yeah, yeah, I did. Been here for a while now. Been here a couple of weeks, getting oh the God. feel for Oregon. And and are you uh, are you going to turn into a, a a crunchy granola hippie? Are you gonna are you gonna get radical? Are you gonna glue yourself to art? Oh yeah, definitely. I mean, it's inevitable. The transition is starting. It's just slow. So right now, you're not going to notice a ton of changes. Maybe you'll see something here or there. But yes, I'm very much on my way. But in, in the meantime, you're just still glued to your microphone to bring us, uh, our seven listeners, the finest content that anyone has heard in the last at least 30 seconds. That is so, so true. And we have some news to cover, ladies and gentlemen. Yes, yes, we do. We have news to cover. I want to talk a little bit about AI prompt engineering, how you craft prompts, uh, the do's and don'ts. We're going to cover a few of those things. And we're going to talk about the future of AI and the court system. <laughs> Among many other things. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, I'm Andro Sturgeon. And I'm Justin Womack. And we are the Marketing Geeks. Marketing Geeks. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. What does motion sound like? With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, it sounds a little something like this. Experience the magic of motion. Get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. So uh, a couple of things. First of all, uh, how, how much has ChatGPT become part of your workflow as of now? It's becoming more and more integrated with my workflow. Um, I would say that it's involved on some level uh, on pretty much pretty much everything. I mean, there's there's some level of involvement. Like anytime I'm writing original content now, I'm going to use ChatGPT for ideas. And if I have something written out, I'm going to paste it into ChatGPT and have it rewrite it like five different times so I can get a feel for like different styles, things that I maybe didn't think of. So I'm using it a lot on my writing. Um, I'm also using it for just if I want a checklist of certain things, or if I want to summarize a mid-length article or, or something like that, I can paste the text in up to a certain character count and have it read it. And now as of um, this week or, or last week, they've recently implemented where you can upload images into ChatGPT4 if you have the paid version, and it can read text and summarize. So I, I haven't even played with it. Like I'm just kind of uh, getting access to it now. But uh, we'll have more on that soon as far as uh, how that impacts things. Yeah. And, and, and you know, there's, there's a couple of things that are, are kind of interesting here. Like, for instance, uh, there are now several authors that are suing ChatGPT and OpenAI because they were trained on their materials. Uh, and uh, before the show, we were talking about how uh, ChatGPT was trained on uh, different platforms like Reddit. In fact, uh, one of the reasons that Reddit has killed third-party apps is because they want to control how AI is being trained. I'm sure they're training their own AI on uh, uh, on Reddit. 
but the 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 uh, the important aspect of this is that uh, there may come a moment when ChatGPT might have to do a hard reset because all of the the content that they're getting sued about sued uh, from they may have to remove them from uh, from ChatGPT. Yeah, so what we're seeing is we're seeing several news organizations are um, realizing that ChatGPT was trained on their news articles, things like that. Um, Twitter slash X, uh, Elon Musk's social media site, they had a lawsuit going too because all the data from Twitter was being scraped and being fed into ChatGPT to teach uh, as, uh, for, as learning material. And, and what you're seeing is you're seeing people realizing that, hey, I didn't opt in to be um, part of this. I don't want my material being fed uh, into the system and I don't want it being basically exploited because this is my original, my original content. And I don't think that OpenAI, which is the company behind ChatGPT, is going to voluntarily reset ChatGPT. I don't see that happening, but I could see where uh, a judge gets involved and says that, no, you can't have ChatGPT trained on um, certain, uh, either certain copyrighted materials or certain materials that are... Um, that are owned by, you know, they're privately owned. Or without and consent, for instance. Without consent. And so I, I, I really don't know how that's going to shape out, but I, I could see them forcing some sort of a reset or some sort of a, um, an update that, that takes away knowledge, which would be interesting. Well, that, that's just it. I mean, part of the thing with, with AI is that it has the ability to start making other connections to different things, right? So if you, if you like uh, Sarah Silverman, for instance, is convinced that her, all of her content has been uploaded. So she's one of the ones that are suing. But the thing is, is that uh, you can't just remove that content because it has now made other associations. It's, it's, it's like erasing certain parts of your memory. You can't, really do that accurately. Well, to that point, you have aggregator sites that pull articles that are on a certain topic and, and post them on their sites. So that content's already going to be copied and pasted on a thousand other websites because it's been on the internet or it's on Reddit. Uh, somebody has a post about a certain article or about certain content or about Sarah Silverman's jokes. Maybe they transcribed a whole, a whole set of hers and posted it on a Reddit or posted it in some chat forum. So like you say, I mean, you get, yeah, we could, we could take one piece of that out of the uh, chat GPT algorithm, but it's going to find the same thing somewhere else. Right. So it's like, how do you put the genie back in the bottle? You don't, you don't, you don't. And unless, unless they, they, they would literally have to kill this version of chat GPT and retrain it. And, and I'm sure that there's conversations about this very thing, but you know, and this leads to another point, which is this, um, let's say that uh, you are an author and someone has uploaded all of your books and now uh, ChatGPT is able to tell stories in your universe uh, in your style, right? Yep. So, uh, and, and make a pretty decent plot based on, you know, knowing the, the plot structure of several other types of stories. So uh, what, how would, cause I, I've thought a lot about this and I, I, I have a, a different kind of, idea around this. First of all, if if somebody is looking for my specific style, that that means that I have become kind of well known at least, right? Yeah, that's good. Right. <laughs> uh, and, and so what I would do is I would probably just lean into it. I would probably lean into it and just say, yeah, here's some I'm, I'm about to come out with more content that to put into 
the, the in fact I would I would probably create a uh, an AI chatbot and put it on my site to create stories at will if my if my universe was that popular. Yeah, I mean to that point of emulating somebody. I don't know if you saw the article about um, so you know how AI is now being used to recreate voices, right? And sometimes these are voices from the dead that are being recreated, and they can say anything that we want them to say now. Uh, well, Robin Williams's daughter. Uh, came out yesterday or the day before and and talked about how she is personally disturbed by the AI recreations of her dad because uh, people are just creating, I don't know, joke sets or whatever they're doing. They're creating audio files of uh, of Robin Williams saying these things. And, and so it, it really is going to depend on the person, whether they are flattered or are disgusted um, when you're recreating someone, especially somebody who is deceased. Um, such as Robin Williams or, or anyone like that. And then I don't know if you saw that Tom Hanks, actually there were two of these, uh, Tom Hanks and uh, Mr. Beast, who's a YouTuber, uh, both had to come out this last week and say that um, fraudulent videos were made, uh, so deep fake videos of them were made. Um, I forget which each one was. I think Mr. Beast was promoting some sort of product and they ran, they ran actually ran a TikTok ad on the deep fake. And it created all kinds of controversy. And I forget what Tom Hanks had done to him, but they had another one that was done of him. And he had to come out and, and announce that that was not me. I think it was like for a dental plan or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So those are interesting. And yeah, and, and so so this this leads into a whole other kind of world. I mean, first of all, like uh, copyright laws will not do anything for the person who is... You know, I mean, I mean, for instance, this Tom Hanks thing, by the time it got shut down, everybody had seen it and it's been probably reshared and reshared and uh, there's no way to get rid of it. It now lives online. Uh, so so the, the question then is, and this comes down to, to what is desperately needed globally is data privacy rules and, uh, you know, that I own my likeness, I own my data. Uh, and until that certain thing is fixed, this is going to be a problem. Number one, the second problem, and this is probably a much bigger one, especially as we move into uh, global elections in the next uh, couple of years, the 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 deep fakes that will come out, it will it, like it will be impossible to tell what is real and what is manufactured. Already difficult, it will be impossible. Yeah, and so so reality is going to get spongy and uh, will be you know society will be run on narratives that are manufactured out of nothing. Real quick, before we go deep on that, I, I want to say that there was an article I, I stumbled across. It comes back to what you were talking about, like on authors having their books uploaded, mm -hmm. where um, the headline was authors shocked to find AI ripoffs of their books being sold on Amazon. So basically, on people are uploading books, having AI rewrite them. And I think like this would especially be easy to do for like a business book or something like that uh, versus you know a novel. And, and then reselling them as their own on Amazon Kindle because it's so easy to do that. Yeah. And it's so easy to just like follow that process. So this is interesting that uh, there's a movement of authors now who are waking up to the fact that, wait a minute, I'm being exploited and people are profiting off of ripping off my content through, through the software. So that's just another point there. I, I do want to come back to Epic some more, but yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's happening. That is happening. But, but, but you know, what you're talking about is also a form of, of deep faking, right? True. So obviously, this is a technology you have to be re responsible with, and obviously, uh, humans are not. Uh, eventually, we want to press the big red button just to see what it does. You know, we're like, we're we're just curious monkeys. Who, we're wired that way. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And so, 
so we will never be able to put the, the genie in the bottle. I think that the strategy that uh, our species needs to employ is learning how to work with this tool in a way that 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 adds to our pre, per, uh, to our to being more productive. So, for instance, uh, I, I believe that if you read a, a, a Chat GPT written novel based on George R. R. Martin, for instance. Uh, it would probably get the style similar. It would probably get some plot points similar, but I, I think the soul will always be missing, you know? Yeah. And and I, I don't think, I, I think that authenticity will still ring true, but I think that that we can use the, this technology to further enhance our creativity if we use it in the right way. I mean, uh, I, I, I've gotten into making music recently, and uh, there's tools out there where you can just select five chords that will give you variants. It'll create a melody for you and you just drop it in. And, but the thing is, is that if I make a song completely out of that template, it's going to sound hollow. It's the things that I do to it that make it more human, you know, and that's that's my hope at any rate. Well, I mean, I think what you're going to find is you're going to have, again, the same way that we're using AI or ChatGPT to enhance uh, writing. I think musicians could do the same thing. As long as you have a talent for music, you can have AI write some chords and give you uh, give you ideas. And then you you borrow from those ideas and you build your own thing and you humanize it. So I think the people that are going to succeed are going to be the ones that uh, it's a hybrid, right? It's a hybrid model. I think that I think we're a ways off from any um, purely AI content, like really being mainstream, um, whether that's writing or music or or anything, it's just not good enough at this point to create that kind of stuff on its own. But with the but with somebody's help, it can absolutely enhance um, people's work and and make it better. Yeah, and I I, I used to argue that back in when uh, when we were teaching classes at Score, yeah. and uh, part of my rant was always about the fact that that we are already cyborgs. We are now like a cyborg is part machine, part human. And it's like, when was the last time you went into the toilet without your phone? It's you, you go everywhere with it. Right. Yeah. Uh, and so it, it's it's it, we are cyborgs. It's just the the technology is not implanted into us. But, uh, you know, that big red button is waiting. So I'm sure it will be. We are voluntarily slaves to our phones. We are not forced forcefully. I know it's <laughs> weird. It's weird. And and. Uh, uh, I, I, I don't, I, I, it's, it's a, it's a, the strangest time in human history. I mean, I'm, it's terrifying, but gosh, I, I wouldn't want to really live any other time. It's like, I think if we get through this, uh, through the, the, the Fermi paradox, you know, the great filter, uh, I, I believe that, uh, we'll be able to go for a million years, but we have to get through this time. And I think future generations if they get through this time, we'll look back at this time and say, oh my God, can you imagine living during that time? That must've been crazy. So I don't know if you saw, um, but Neuralink is now doing human trials or they're, they're cleared for human trials. So, so we're going to see the first rendition. I'm sure there's other companies doing this, that there's just the one that got the most press was Elon Musk company, Neuralink, which is the company that is inserting brain chips into human beings, uh, so computer chips into a human being is going to do the first uh, few human trials here in the very, very near future. And I, I do think that this is going 
there's not much function from it at this point. And because, I mean, it, it has functioned for maybe people that have lost uh, use of limbs and uh, people in certain with certain disabilities to provide value. Uh, but for your everyday person, it doesn't do much at this point. It, it just has a lot of potential that is unfulfilled. Um, so I, I'll be curious to watch its evolution going forward. But I, I do kind of think it's going to be a flop, at least in the in the V1, because one, I would be terrified to insert a brain chip in my brain when uh, on the first rendition of it, <laughs> when it's barely being tested. And then- that, that's not even the biggest red flag. It's 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 the first generation of a chip. Behind, that Elon Musk is behind. Come on, oh, man. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. That's that's <laughs> like <yeah>. I'm, I'm <laughs> not going to let Elon Musk anywhere near my brain. What I'm interested in is seeing the maniacs that decide that they are going to get the version one of Elon Musk's uh, brain chip. And uh, that, that I don't know, maybe that's how the zombie apocalypse starts. Elon, Elon himself claimed at one point that he would get the brain chip when it was approved for humans. I, I, I have a feeling that's not going to come to fruition. I would be willing to bet money that's not going to come to fruition, at least not anytime soon. Dude, what, what, if, what if it turns out that he did get the brain chip and decided to buy Twitter slightly afterwards? Oh, that so he's being controlled through the brain chip, which made him buy Twitter and made him- No, like, it just malfunctioned. It just malfunctioned, you know? Oh, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, okay. or or- what if like it opened up some sort of cosmic doorway in his brain that allowed like some evil reptile alien to <laughs> skinwalk unleash the beast. Yeah. Just... The, the dormant, there was a dormant evil reptile in there and it unlocked it and let it out. Huh? Oh, come on, man. If you, if you found out that Elon Musk was really an alien skinwalker, would you really be that surprised? No, no. I'd be like, yeah. Yeah. Kind of yeah, saw that see? coming. I kind of, yeah. I kind of saw that twist coming. <laughs> right, right. You look back at all the signs. You're like, oh, yeah. I mean, he, he was dating Grimes, for God's sake. <laughs> <sighs> what a world. What a world. What else is happening, man? Well, I did want to talk a little bit about chat, uh, GPT prompting, like engineering, uh, prompt engineering, how to how to construct, construct your prompts. H- however, maybe I will uh, save that. Maybe I'll table that and do that on like a separate episode. Uh, I might even record that myself and just kind of put out a short, like kind of tutorial on how to do it and include that as part of what I'm doing with AI to uh, to create revenue because we still do have this challenge hanging over my head here. That's right. You got to do the challenge again. And and I don't I'm not I'm not prepared to restart it right now at this very moment, but I am prepared to continue focusing on AI and to uh, and I think that if I put out um, some information about how I'm going to construct the prompts that would be associated with such a challenge. I think that'd be kind of uh, fun and, and interesting and valuable for people. And and you know what you could do is you could start gathering the stuff you need to make the challenge happen. There we go. So you kind of get a head start. Well, and I want to I want to talk about exactly how I craft the prompts. So like it, it, let's, let's let's just okay. put it all out there, like exactly what I'm putting in for the prompts to do this challenge to go along with everything and and how I'm how I'm coming about with or how I'm formulating those prompts and why you know what's included, what's not included, what's excluded how I'm defining my audience, um, a lot of different things. And the way I like to do it too, which I'll just give a little preview here is, I like to have ChatGPT um, role play and imagine that it's uh, imagine that it's in a specific role, um, taking on a specific challenge kind of thing. Like I, w- I want it, I want to give it, I want to assign it a, uh, or personify it. I mean, I want to assign it a personality, assign it a person. Um, to imagine that it is, and then give him, and then give it the instructions from there. So I, I've seen 
like through Reddit and following a lot of these different AI kind of uh, forums, I, I think that's the way that it's best constructed is when you kind of uh, have AI imagine itself as something. But I'll talk more about that, though. Huh, interesting, interesting. So uh, it sounds like sounds like there's a whole new layer of kink. Right. That, I know uh, that, my brain went there, too. I just tried to avoid it. But you bet you had to make it. I, I mean, I mean. <laughs> That's next to next to hitting the big red button. You know, the humans also like to to watch. You know, the boy weenie and the girl weenie. That's as my son. Exactly. <laughs> the true story. My my son. Uh, uh, he he came up to me and he goes, "Papa, I know what sex is." And I go, "Oh, really? Do tell." And he said, "It's when the boy weenie and the girl weenie." touch <laughs> this is a true story is this a true story, this is a true story. <laughs> it's just one of those like absolutely adorable moments uh that you know it's it's the one that i'm going to recall at his uh wedding when i'm uh you know doing the the speech <laughs> anyway man uh okay so next episode we will uh we will go over prompts and then let's talk a little bit more about the challenge and see how we can uh, get that going let's do it i love it all right buddy I will uh, talk to you soon. And with that, ladies and gentlemen, I'm Andre Sturgeon. And I am Justin Womack. And we are the Marketing Geeks. And we are out. Stay classy. Marketing Geeks, come on, bring your friends. We'll learn marketing from distant lands. Andre Sturgeon and Justin Womack. The fun will never end. It's Marketing Geeks. Marketing Geeks.